Greetings, cinephiles. Are you looking for a movie analysis podcast that stands above the rest? Then look no further than Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters. We analyze good movies, we analyze bad movies, and yes, we also analyze the in-betweens of the world of cinema. So if you like what you hear, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, my friends, we are 420 friendly. So when you listen to us, smoke it if you've got it. And now... Here's a new episode of Collateral Gaming. The show starts right now. Tonight on the bonus round, we are exploring the Silent Hill franchise with Collateral Cinema as we check out the original PlayStation 1 game as well as Silent Hill Homecoming. So stick around, folks. The show starts right, right now. now. Welcome to Collateral Gaming Bonus Round. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Bo Maddox. And we are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, bongs, bonds, or joints, smoke <laughs> it if you've got it, my friends. I guess we're just going to go with that one, right? We're just going to go with let's, that let's one. Just go, let's just fucking go with it. <laughs> Yeah, okay. no, this is this is all staying in now, so from this point on. Uh, yeah, welcome back, folks. Uh, as part of a kind of uh, multi-part Silent Hill uh, franchise exploration, collaboration between Collateral and Cinema and Collateral Gaming, uh, yeah, we, we are looking into two Silent Hill games today. I'm really excited to get into these. Uh, it's going to be kind of a duality of Silent Hill kind of thing, you know, so we've got... Uh, a good game and a bad game, right? Exactly. And I'm kind of glad that the good game that we chose is, of course, the very first one, you know? I mean, because that's uh, it's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. And I'm excited to get into it. But yeah, uh, so we, we did uh, actually do uh, an episode on the Silent Hill movie. So go check that out on Collateral Cinema if you haven't already. I believe I've uploaded it to Collateral Gaming as well. Excellent. So, yeah, that, that was kind of the first part of the collab. Uh, and now, yeah, we're going to get into these two games. So, like you said, we're starting off with Silent Hill 1, uh, the original, I, I think, 1999 it is? Yes, 1999. Uh, yeah, it came out, you know, maybe uh, late 99, I want to say. Maybe mid, I think. Yeah, and this was on the PlayStation 1. Uh, this had actually come out after Resident Evil. But I mean, these these two series have kind of always been. Uh, they always get they talk get talked about together a lot, you know, because there there were some of the genre defining survival horror franchises. Yeah, I mean, I think that we've pointed it out before that you know, Resident Evil kind of had more of a traditional like gory splatter uh, horror. Uh, origin, you know, I mean, it's right. it's more like the Romero movies. It's more like you know, uh, Fulci's zombie movies and everything. The really gory, really, really just bloody and everything. Even even later on, becoming more action oriented. Yeah, but Silent Hill. It was always different from that. It was always about the psychological angle to it. It was a psychological horror series first. 
in an atmospheric horror series. Very atmospheric, yes. You know, kind of prioritizing the atmosphere and, and the aesthetic of it and the, the tenseness, the um, discomfort of a situation rather than going for cheap jump scares, which we'll, we'll get into with the second pick of this episode. But <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't really just pummel you with jump scare after jump scare, nor does it really, like, you know set up a whole lot of really especially gory set pieces but it, it's like we said in the, in our review of the movie like silent hill is the character here you know first and yeah. foremost they're always like silent hill is always going to be the main antagonist of any game that you play and this right here this is the one that actually sets the actual tone and sets the standards for what silent hill is going for the rest of the series you know like i mean it, it established you know the fog and everything which was you know a limitation of the hardware yeah i thought that was interesting so we talked about silent hill 2 on uh, a live stream uh, event with victims and villains i don't know that that's actually uh like there's actually a place you can watch that now, so we we we'll probably jump back into Silent Hill two at some point. I mean, almost like definitely when the remake comes out. But uh, that was kind of my entry into the franchise. So moving back from that, I mean, if you're not if you don't count PT anyways, but yeah. Moving from Silent Hill two to Silent Hill one, I, I was actually impressed with how uh, technically advanced it was for a PS one game. It it looks great. I mean, it, it I didn't really feel that much of a, of a difference in playing silent hill 2 on the ps2 and playing silent hill 1 on the ps1 really you know like i mean obviously there's going to be quality of life improvements and the graphics are better but other than that like you know what i mean it it, it feels very much it's the same beast in terms of the like the way that it plays and that's impressive for a ps1 game absolutely and nowadays since the uh, playstation 1 aesthetic has kind of become its own uh unique uh its own unique retro thing on True, the internet yeah. kind of not so much a meme but like i said it's an aesthetic it's a look it's a style and everything and also with the rise of playstation horror you know which is now its own genre of horror gaming ps1 style horror games mm -hmm. it's like this game is kind of circled around to just really looking really awesome all over again you know yeah i mean now that there's people out there actively trying to emulate that style that blockiness and that graininess it's like i mean this game right here this is what set those standards as far as uh what ironically later on down the line would become its own artistic style Right, and, and like you said, even using something like the limitation of rendering everything in 3D space. So unlike Resident Evil, they're not 3D characters on pre-rendered 2D backgrounds. It's all 3D space. Um, but even you know, like like you mentioned earlier, using the fog as a, a gameplay element, and that made its way into later games. You know, it's just kind of always been a part of Silent Hill, and it's a very, it's a game that's paced with that in mind. Well, also something that really helps out with that is the actual camera in game yeah i mean a lot of the uh, the way that the camera actually follows you around a little more that that kind of also works within those limitations yeah and it does have those fixed angles but you can also recenter the camera in most 
places. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't like lock you out of it. It's just kind of like, here's an extra button press to look around you real quick and b- make sure there's an enemy coming after you, right? And ba- basically, it's a way to kind of get around the fact that it didn't have analog support at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I like the way, you know, that they implement the radio, which is kind of your early warning detection system showing, telling you, like, hey, there are enemies nearby. And that, and that is something that has pretty much been in every Silent Hill game since then. Yeah. Except, except even to a degree in PT, you get the uh, radio playing, playing a role in that storyline. True, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the radio has just kind of always been a consistent element, but it starts here, and so you're given the radio early on, and, and uh, very early on, you're just kind of thrown into the town of Silent Hill. You have kind of basically free roam to explore this area, this one map in the game, and um, a lot of the the different ways, like roads that you can go on, are blocked off. Literally, like once you travel to the Fog World. Like everything is closed off, but right? What I love is that it still gives you this kind of feeling of spaciousness because, I mean, whenever you get a map, I mean, you uh, tend to actually like cross out or, or sh- have markers and indicators on the map of where you've been or where you're going. I love like, that, which is great. But when you get it, it's completely blank. So it at least implies that if you explore around, like you can really see a lot of the town. Yeah. So as you go to like a blocked road or a, a particular area of, of low, you know, of uh, note, uh, uh, what's his name? Harry will mark it on the map. And that's nice because there's kind of this feeling of progressing and there's kind of this this other feeling that persists throughout the game. We talked about it when we talked about Silent Hill 2, but just this kind of checking every box and you're constantly checking the map, which thankfully is dedicated to a single button, this, the triangle button. Yeah, that, that really makes it very easy, very swift, you know, switching between the map and the main game, which is absolutely key. You're going to be doing that a lot in... In these first two or three Silent Hill games, you're going to be doing that like all the fucking time. It gets even better when you get into enclosed spaces. So when you get into their like levels, right? right. Kind of like the dungeon-like areas of the game. There are individual maps for each of those areas that you find at some point while exploring early on. And you'll actually be checking every door. And so you'll be going and, and marking on the map whether the door is locked or whether it's a door it's, that is, it, is permanently broken exactly. and you can't use. It's practically a trope in Silent Hill that you're going to be running around and just getting a lot of unlock of locked doors and everything. Just like... Like just hitting hitting the handle, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. It becomes this. methodical, you know. You kind of make it your goal to kind of explore all of these areas, and I really, really enjoyed that for some reason. Like I can't understate that. Like I think that that's what really worked for me was that there's just this logical, methodical play style, and it's it, and it's slow paced. You know, you kind of just breathe it in. Once again, that's what also adds to that spaciousness. Kind of ironically, is just the fact that. There's also all those indoor spaces that, and then when the actual uh, the other world comes in, you know, I mean, it kind of it's this another kind of other world. This right? Yeah, yeah. So you, when you get to the other world, it's a inversion of the real in-game world. It's the same space. The map is even the same, but. Uh, it is a completely, it's like a nightmare version of it, right? Right. And I thought that was really cool because you're in familiar territory. You're like, okay, I know like the space of where I'm at, but you don't actually know what you're going to find around any corner. There's definitely a lot more enemies in the other world. Yeah. 
in in the nightmare world as some fans call it, I believe. And it's just a lot more of a tense atmosphere, you know? The nightmare world. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's it, it, and, and there's also like there's fucking rooms that you can run into and all you hear is glass crashing. And I was like, nope, I'm getting the fuck out of there. There does not appear to be anything else that I need in this room. It is a room intended just to just to fuck with you. And I think that's what works about Silent Hill is that well, it, it implements its horror by just fucking with you. Well, here's what it really is. I like to think that Silent Hill kind of anticipated the rise of liminal space horror a little bit. Yes. By kind of incorporating it into the fog world, but also inverting it in the nightmare world. I mean, the nightmare world, it feels like what the back rooms would feel like if it was just the entire level was just a nine inch nails video, you know, <laughs> I mean, that, that's kind of what it feels like a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. I think that that's what works, you yeah. know, and it gets a little claustrophobic at times too, because if you're not out in the bout and there's all this fog going around or it's not like really fucking dark, you're just in this, like in, uh, in this like cramped space. Yeah. And that kind of adds to that liminal quality. Absolutely. You know, plus there's the fact that there's so many rooms that you enter, especially in the nightmare world where there's just nothing in there. There's nothing. It, yeah, exactly. So it, it kind of it gets under your skin in a sense by by doing that, by throwing empty rooms. And, and, and it has that familiarity to it, like you're in a school, you're in a hospital yes. or a police station. And, and that that's a big part of liminal space is, you know, it evokes that feeling of familiarity and nostalgia. So, I mean, it kind of uses that to kind of invert it. Totally, totally, totally. Uh, one of the more effective elements of, of psychological, like, get-under-your-skin horror that worked for me in this game and really did fuck with me was when you're in the, the hospital and you go to the elevator and it's only three floors the first time you go in. So you're like, okay, um, I guess... And this is after you've already gone down to the basement, like, you turn the ele the power on, sh all that shit. But you're like, okay, I guess I'll, like, I'll look around and I feel like I've been everywhere on the map... So you, you go check out a couple rooms, double check a couple things, and then you go inevitably go back to the elevator at some point. And then suddenly there's a fourth floor. And it kind of you, you you second guess yourself. You're like, wait a second, or I did. I, I totally second guess myself. I was like, Oh yeah, you were sitting there trying to figure that out for a little bit. Wait, 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 wait. Was there a fourth floor here before? What? <laughs> It, yeah. it fucks with you. I, I actually really enjoyed what they did with that. Uh, uh, Konami actually has a couple of good examples of that. I mean, look back with like Metal Gear Solid as well, right? Absolutely. Like mainly the uh, Psychomantis. Psycho yeah, Psychomantis. <laughs> it's like that. That's iconic. That's what kind of reminded me of that. It's a. It, it, yeah. It's a. It's it's. Uh, I, I think it's a good like brand of psychological horror. I think it. I've not really seen a lot of games other than like in the indie world, you know, in the indie sphere, so to speak, that have really actually like captured that or like replicated that in any way. Well, that's another thing that we could talk about is just the absolute influence that Silent Hill had on what would eventually become indie horror, you know, not least of which was PT, which pretty much that in amnesia pretty much single handedly started the first-person horror, uh, indie horror craze and whatnot, you know? Yeah, I would like to see what, what uh, you know, Team Silent, or I guess Team Silent doesn't exist anymore, some subsidiary of Konami, I guess, uh, or uh, whoever it is that's working on the Silent Hill 2 remake, if that's good. Yeah. 
I would like to see a new Silent Hill game that maybe tackled the first-person perspective. Like, because we it worked with PT. It really did. You yeah, know, like was, I could definitely see, and it was in it. PT had no combat whatsoever, and that's what was nice about the Silent Hill games in general is that they're a little less combat heavy. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of the combat, though, okay, uh, I, I I actually really enjoyed it because again, as a survival horror, you have to kind of keep track of your resources. You have to know, okay, this enemy um, I can just use a melee weapon against, but. Uh, this enemy maybe, you know, necessitates the use of a firearm. I, I will say the game does give you plenty of ammo for a survival horror game. So I, I guess, you know, if there's anything some of the later games like Silent Hill 2 do better, I think it's scarcity of ammo. But that, that also is accomplished, I think, with the harder difficulty settings, I'd assume. Well, another thing you kind of have to remember is that the whole melee combat thing, like... That was only barely touched upon in other survival horror games at that time. Like Resident Evil, of course, you had the, uh, the, the knife. knife, but that was about it. This right here, like you could pick up a lead pipe, you could pick up a two by four, a baseball bat, a crowbar, a, a, a fire axe. All with their own like individual strengths. Although I will say the axe is the best melee weapon. It's, it is. Like just objectively, it's, you can, you it's can effective even, against everything. You can even eventually get a uh, katana. A katana. Yeah. If you if you uh, meet certain requirements and beat the game, right? Yeah, but the weapons do have a different feel. Like the emergency axe, or or no, it's the emergency hammer, not the axe. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. The emergency hammer, um, it's like a hammer axe. I don't know, is what yeah. it looks like to me. I, I think there's even a monkey wrench somewhere along the line. Yeah, I think maybe, but yeah, no. So yeah, the hammer is actually what I'm talking about. The hammer is the best melee weapon. Like it just beats everything else, but it's slow and unwieldy. So, you know, if you kind of like that, like quick style, the knife, although you don't get a lot of reach. So I found that, you know, each weapon that you get progressively up to the hammer was just a progressively better weapon. The pipe gave you better reach. The hammer, once you learn how to time it, you know, is, is, is the better weapon. And then they give you the ax and the ax is okay, but it's like, eh, Give me my hammer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and uh, I think I got. I've, I have the handgun and I have the shotgun. I miss the rifle. Yeah, the rifle. <laughs> the rifle is actually a Winchester Model 70 bolt action, oh, nice. which for some reason shoots semi-auto in this game. If you... Like I mean, apparently it has the most scarcity of ammo in the entire game. You, you each, do reserve that weapon. one for bosses, yeah. Yeah, no, that's specifically for bosses. And and looking at it, it's like I mean, yeah, I use, I'm pretty sure that's the same kind of rifle that my uh, grandfather had. He had a, a similar uh, hunting rifle. So yeah, it's like the the rifle is definitely a choice weapon, you know, for for bosses and whatnot. It is. It, I never got the rifle, so I the 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 shotgun was my okay save for boss fights weapon. So I I remember finding the the fucking moth thing, and I just like unloaded the shotgun on it real close. That, I, I I took an ampule so that I wouldn't I would negate uh yeah taking damage. I would negate damage, now, and I just got in close, and I just pumped him full with the shotgun now the here's the weird thing about that shotgun it, it's it's actually a sawed off double barrel shotgun yet oh, for yeah. some for some reason it holds six rounds before reloading which 
If you know anything about break action, break open action, uh, double barrel shotguns, or even break action single uh, barrel shotguns, it's like that's just not how those work. You know? Yeah, you I have thought to, that was weird. Huh? You have to manually throw the uh, shells into the tubes, into the chambers, and then close the uh, close the action. And this right here. This has like six rounds before you do that, which is strange. I mean, that's that's not how those work. And I'm not even sure that pump action double barrels are a thing. So, yeah. And, and also, they really, really boosted the uh, blast, the firing radius of this uh, gun as well. It, it's it is a lot more abundant, like especially f it's a, it's especially a point blank weapon. Yeah. Very close quarters weapon. So. Interesting, yeah, yeah. I, I I thought it I thought it worked in game, like it was a pretty good weapon. And I know on subsequent playthroughs you can get more weapons, right? Uh yeah. There is actually, of course, if you get the alien uh, ending, you get the hyper blaster, which is a laser gun that's like an instant kill. Uh, there's a couple of pistols you can get. Like first off, you get the Smith and Wesson Sigma SW nine four. I think that's what it's called, or nine F. It's basically basically a standard uh, striker fired pistol it looks like. It's and for for some reason it's it's the one that Sybil gives Harry. Right. Yeah, it's the first handgun that you get in the game. And first of all, it's not really not really standard for cops to have two fire two pistols on them like that. You know, that's not really standard. But I mean, it, it's it's a pretty mid gun, honestly, like both in real life and in the game. You know, like it's it's enough to do the trick, but I mean, it's stopping power is just kind of. Eh. I think it's interesting how James or not James Harry as an everyman uh, just isn't very accurate with the weapons, like especially with the shotgun, like he'll miss and that or, or not the shotgun, the, that, the handgun. That makes sense. You know, it makes sense that the shotgun is going to be your best weapon with Harry because, you know, it's it's a sawed off shotgun. I mean, you pretty much just point it and blast it. You know? Yeah, but but the the handgun is like he's so like inaccurate with it. He really is, and he and that's why it takes him so many shots to take down an enemy. Yeah, yeah. the The only other handgun you see in the game is a Ruger Blackhawk, which is uh, that's uh, Doctor Michael Kaufman's weapon. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I think that's. I'm not really sure what that's chambered. I think it's chambered in 38, maybe, mm. or maybe in 32 Smith and Wesson or something like that. But yeah, there's not really a whole lot of guns in the first in the first game, honestly, because no. like we said, it's not really a gun. This isn't a necessarily a gun centric series. No, it's not. Yeah, and I think on on like New Game Plus, you can get um, you you can get like a like a chainsaw or like a drill or something. Chainsaw, drill, and also the katana. That's another unlockable weapon. Yeah, yeah so those are unlockable the weapons. That's Dude, cool. the chainsaw is fun. I've unlocked that before. I've unlocked the uh, katana as well. Fuck yeah, yeah. It's like those those are fucking fun. Yeah, and what's cool about that is that you know they have all these different endings. So this game actually has some like replay values. Not only do you get to try out new weapons in each playthrough and maybe try to beat it in like a faster time, get a better ranking, um, but you you can uh, try for multiple different endings, including the aforementioned gag ending, the UFO ending. Oh yes, the UFO ending is amazing. 
<laughs> By the way, the dog ending is canon in Silent Hill 2. That's the official stance of Collateral Gaming. Yes, that is absolutely the uh, canon ending of <laughs> Silent Hill 2. It was all it was dogs all the way down. It was the dog ending. But yeah, no, the 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 uh the fucking uh UFO ending in this game. Uh and I think there are at least a, a couple other just regular endings, right? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, there's like a neutral ending, and I think there's good and bad endings. Yeah. Let's see. There's a bad, bad plus, good, good plus, and then the joke ending. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, so, and I, I, I don't know, like, how likely are you to get a good ending on your first playthrough? I don't know. It really, Silent Hill is one of those games that, you know, it really depends on your first playthrough. Because, I mean, there's specific things that you really have to look for and specific decisions that you have to make to get certain endings, like, as it is with most other games. But this in, like, Clock Tower on PlayStation, where, like, they were the one of the first games that really started to give you those types of uh, cinematic endings on the PlayStation and whatnot, you know? Y yeah. So. Yeah, so I haven't actually completed the game yet. I'm actually, I feel like I'm most of the way through. I uh, know I got through the uh, the sewers, and yeah, um, yeah. but uh, so far, like I've been, I've been super, super impressed with the game. The story is pretty cool. I mean, I, I again, as a dad, like I, I identify with the whole like looking for your daughter thing. I think it adds an extra like impetus, like a kind of an urgency to it. Like, oh, okay, I should probably like look for my kid and then you go to one of these areas and you're just like well let me be methodical and like check every room but then again you never know where you might see her right right exactly yeah you may as search well search for everything search like start clearing rooms and start trying to find her yeah and you know we kind of get like this story about like the, the cult and stuff running in the background yeah. And that we kind of unfolds as we get, you know, further through the game, right? Yeah, which if you listen to our uh, Silent Hill review in Collateral Cinema, we did kind of uh we did kind of talk a little bit about how there's more of an occult influence with uh with the game as opposed to the Christian uh, imagery in the movie and everything. So Yeah. But I think what works with Silent Hill is like especially with with the story writing specifically uh is that it it's like show first explain later and it maintains that it's like hey we're gonna throw you into this world explain absolute jack shit but you know stick around we'll it, it, we'll explain it at some point you'll get it and it'll all make sense later but you know just 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 stick with us <laughs> fucking throw yourself into this world with very little explanation as as to like the why of any occurrences until suddenly it's like, oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I thought it was cool. And like for a while, it's like you're not even aware that you're going into like, so there are two different alternate worlds, right? Like the first couple times I started, I was started playing through Silent Hill games. Like I didn't understand. I was like, why is Silent Hill so bare? Is it like an abandoned town or something? But no, like there's this whole fog world. And whenever you get to Silent Hill, like, that in every game so far like you're in the fog world that's why there's almost nobody out that's why the roads are mysteriously all closed off and uh there's just this heavy persistent fog that's almost otherworldly because it is absolutely yeah i mean 
And then I mean, there's I mean, the other world. Yeah, and then there's the other world. I mean, you know, graphical limitations notwithstanding, the fog is just what gives Silent Hill its character. Absolutely, you know. Like, and, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, it's based off of a real town, Centralia, in, uh, I believe, in uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, it's in Centralia, Pennsylvania. It was Silent in, Hill was in Maine. Yeah, it was in Maine, but in, uh, in the movie, it was in, uh, what, West Virginia? Yeah. But it's actually in Pennsylvania, of all places. And, yeah, it, it's, it's a town that has a coal fire that is, in a, that is burning in a mine and it is just smoldering. And the town had to be abandoned, and it's always just got a haze of smoke in the air. It's not, it's not fog. It's smoke in, in real life. Yeah, that's cool. That is really fucking cool. It's not really cool. It's kind of tragic. I, I mean, it's it tragic was, that it happened, but it, it's it was, cool to like, explore that kind of space now. Yeah, it, it did completely kill a coal mining town at a time when coal was like really, really a big thing. It's coal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, man, it's like I I think that you know this game right here. It, it I I actually in many ways almost prefer playing through it to the first Resident Evil in many ways because I just think it has more character to it. I agree. I I, I like this more than the first Resident Evil, which I have beaten both both playthroughs, both I, characters. And I have love for the first Resident Evil. I really do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a fantastic game. But this right here, there's a deeper core to it, you know?
Yeah, definitely. I agree. Like, and, and again, like I haven't even completely beat it, and I already like it better than the first Resident Evil. I, I would say I have a, a better impression of the Silent Hill series overall than the Resident Evil series. Just, I just kind of prefer that focus on survival horror, on psychological and atmospheric horror, you know? Yeah. And, of course, that brings us into one of the Silent Hill games that doesn't uh, as well capture that aesthetic. God damn it. So universally, I guess, you know, near universally considered the worst Silent Hill game, Silent Hill Homecoming. Um, I know, like, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people really, really hated this one. My overall impression of it, again, haven't completely beat it, but I've gotten, I think, a majority of the way through the game. It's okay. It just looks like a standard Silent Hill game at this point. I mean, the series has been around for a while. It's already had a couple of uh, post-original trilogy releases, you know? I mean, playing through it outside of the combat, which uh, we'll get into, but... Um, like just kind of starting out the game and they're like, uh, uh, in the intro segment, which I think is Alcamilla hospital, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. And then the other world version of it. Um, yeah. Starting out there, just like, yeah, this is a silent hill game. It feels like a silent hill game. You kind of get to explore, check out all the rooms, but as you kind of get through each of the maps and as you know, as you go from level to level, you kind of realize that the game, well, while it has the illusion of feeling like a more open structured silent hell game it it is very much more linear in terms of progression yeah and and i think that that's really what it was is that this that formula was getting stale by this point you know i mean there's only so many times that you can keep going back to silent hill like that and make it fresh yeah and and on top of that it's just technically unimpressive Honestly, for for I mean, this is oh the my. same generation where of like The Last of Us, right? Oh my God! I mean, the the PS2 games looked better than this. Yeah, it's janky as hell. The combat, okay, so the game is significantly more action heavy. So you would think, okay, let's make the combat better, but they don't. It's jank. I mean, there's more you can do with it, but yeah, overall, the, it just kind of makes it a little bit more. The the melee combat looked a lot more sluggish than in previous titles. Yeah, even like in every weapon has like specific strengths and like different enemies are weak against different weapons. So it's not like, you know, like here's this weapon is just better than all the other ones. It's like each weapon kind of has its own different strength. And then that extends to the 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 firearms as well, not just the melee weapons. So there are some enemies that's like, hey, this the shotgun's a good match for the city. So there's not really that like saving ammo for bosses feel. In fact, I, as opposed to Silent one, I felt like this is the game that should have had more firearms available. Well, if it was going to be more action see, heavy and firearms were so fucking scarce. We'll see that, ammo. That's the thing. Like technically there are more firearms in the, that are presented in this game. Technically, like you have like, let's see your two revolvers. You have like, you have like two pistols. You have like a, a couple of shotguns. You but have no fucking ammo. That's no fucking ammo. You, ha- you have one hunting rifle. Like you even have a uh, you even have a goddamn M14. You know, which is a battle rifle. You know, it's like I mean that that's uh, chambered in uh, seven six two uh, five one uh, NATO. Yeah, I mean the guns are cool. 
if you yeah. could ever fucking use them. I got an upgrade for both the shotgun and a handgun in the handgun in my last playthrough. I still haven't had a chance to fucking use them because uh, there's no fucking ammo. And if if you're gonna be more action heavy and have a jank fucking melee combat system, at least provide me with sufficient ammo. Yeah, and it seems like they actually have some uh, some uh, guns in this game that are a little bit of an upgrade from the uh, from the original. Yeah, you know, like for instance, the uh, the shotgun that they use is a Franti uh, Spas Twelve, which is uh, more of a uh, more of a semi-auto uh, shotgun, I believe. Yeah, and as far as like using the firearms go, it's actually fine. It's your typical point and shoot. It works. Uh, I can't say that the uh, it always feels completely as responsive as it needs to be, but it it's a significant improvement to whatever the fuck they're doing with I, the with the melee combat. How do you think they did with accuracy on these guns? Um, it, I don't know. Just like any third person shooter, honestly. Oh yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it, it's the, like I said, the firearms are fine if you could actually use them. The melee has, okay, so they have two buttons for attacking. You have, uh, like regular attacks and strong attacks. In Silent Hill 1, in like the first few games, it was you just had an attack button and then you hold it for a heavy attack, you know? This game has, Two buttons, I think both of which can be held, now, and see, combos. That's, that's just not intuitive in any way. And combos. Really Some isn't. of the enemies, like, it's just basically stun-locking them before they stun-lock you. And only heavy attacks, actually, or strong attacks, I think is what they call them. The, he- the charged ones are heavy attacks. Isn't that pretty much an issue that uh, came up with that Callisto Protocol game with some of the melee uh, action in that game? I don't know. That's something that I kind of heard of. Is like that that had a really kind of limited, janky uh, combat system that also kind of similar to this. It has finishers, which I don't know what they're doing in a Silent Hill game, but they're there. Finishers? You mean you mean like Punisher or, or like Manhunt style finishers? Like like <laughs> you, you stun the enemy and you can hold down the button and do a, a, oh, a finishing okay. attack. Okay, so yeah, exactly like Manhunt, pretty much. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I mean, it's so they're there, whatever. I guess it makes combat a little easier. A lot of times they throw a bunch of enemies at you in like a confined space. And um, I don't know. I guess what kind of worked with Silent Hill is that, like, especially with like Silent Hill 1, the early games, is that it, the enemies were scarce in some areas and frequent in others. There was always, it was always fucking with you and changing, but it always felt like it was the appropriate number when the game could go long stretches without any combat right absolutely yeah and i mean that could work to its detriment i mean if you're trying to make it more action oriented i mean it was kind of always just like the suspense of it the like waiting for a monster to come out yeah yeah you know like like that's the way that i felt about it and then this game yeah it just it just throws a bunch of enemies at you uh they're not easy to juke or to dodge and there's a fucking dodge mechanic but it it doesn't work nearly as well as it needs to to work oh it, it the dodge is just practically useless i don't even know why it's even there right like you're going to give me a dodge mechanic okay that's cool i'm i'll take it but like fucking like like make it work yeah 
Yeah, like it's just things like that. And it's like I felt like this game was trying to modernize Silent Hill in ways that it didn't need to be modernized. And also the fact that it does want it decided to take more inspiration from the movie than from the other games of the series. Yeah, that like for instance the how they uh, shift between the uh, nightmare world and the fog world, you know, like the yeah. whole the whole paint kind of shifting off kind of like shifting off of the uh physical realm which is cool. a very physical dimension yeah it's cool but it's but like it, it worked in the silent hill movie you don't need to redo it i mean you're a silent hill game do your own thing and of course we have pyramid head in this game again and the reintroduction of pyramid head for, reason for reasons for no other reason that he showed up in silent hill the movie which was fine in that context because the movie is in its own continuity you know they don't have to have pyramid head be well, you, you could at least argue that pyramid head is a manifestation of the town's uh underlying guilt about what happened to alessa kind of sort of you can yeah. make an argument there for that there. You, you, here you could here i don't see an argument for pyramid head being here except just you know that's the iconic big bad of the series let's put him there yeah, and he was the, supposed to be the manifestation of James's guilt. And it's here where it's like, I know where, what Ito meant when he said, I wish I had not fucking designed Pyramid Head and then refused to elaborate. Yeah. It, it kind of shows itself yeah. here. It's like, it's a cool design, and I'm excited to see how they use the character in the Silent Hill 2 remake, what, you know, what, what they do to upscale him, and what they do with him in the uh, Return to Silent Hill movie, which is going to cover the events of Silent Hill 2. So I'm glad that he's going to pop up in those places, but... Yeah, it's like you kind of ruin the nature of a thing if you keep using it. Come it's, up with new interesting character designs that rival that. It, it kind of feels to me like Pyramid Head is the gaming equivalent of Pinhead from the Hellraiser franchise yeah. in, in, in movies. Because that's a another character where, you know, it's his initial creator, uh, Clive Barker. He kind of was just like... I don't know what the fuck they did with my character after after the second movie. I mean, they they just bastardized it and just used him because, you know, he's just the, the big bad of the series and not much else, you know. They didn't elaborate on the character. They just used him, you know. Yeah. And, they, they, and I kind of feel like that Silent Hill is starting to kind of do that with Pyramid Head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. Yeah, so it's just it's it's weird that he's here. He doesn't really serve any kind of meaningful purpose being there. He's just there because hey, the movie did it and everybody recognizes Pyramid Head. They 100% wanted to cash in on that and have big people that were like, "Oh, I watched the movie and it introduced me to the franchise. Now I'm going to play this game." You know, down to having the fucking cutting the 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 painting scene and the, the door being behind yeah, at the I, hotel. I totally feel like I mean, this was really made more for this wasn't for hardcore Silent Hill aficionados. This was, this was for the new fans that were coming in from maybe playing, like like maybe watching the movie and maybe well, I don't know what was the like Shattered Memories hadn't come out by this point, haven't has it um, or no? Because look it up. Because I know that there is, I think there was at least one or two more Silent Hill games that came out between this one and Silent Hill Three. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, Origins. Origins came out. Came out. Yeah. Uh, so there's Silent Hill 4, Silent Hill Origins, and then Homecoming, and then Shattered. Yeah, after, after Silent Hill 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, I mean, how, how much is Silent Hill 4 a Silent Hill game? I mean, 
I mean, talk about a game that actually took a chance. We we should talk about that one sometime. We will. Yeah, actually. Like, it's certainly. A, it's, it's in it's in the books. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I mean, for what it's worth, uh, Silent Hill Homecoming it at least has the classic Akira Yamaoka soundtrack. I mean, and it's good. The soundtrack's good. Uh, the the uh, designs are good. I mean, yeah, but I still can't help but feel like the the graphics, even on the uh, 360, like original hardware and everything, they it's don't like hold up. they do not hold up. It's like for fuck's sake, the fucking graphics on the PS2 hold up better than this on on the PS2 games. But the, like, but the design is fine. I mean, the, the gra- they are yeah. visually, it's it, it, it's good if you could see it well. I mean, they they stick to a very tight behind the shoulder camera, very tight. Um, yeah, you know, so yeah, it, it's it's weird. You don't really get to see a lot of it. I mean, I, I think we were watching a review and they mentioned that like the game looks almost like at one point they did have fixed camera angles in mind. Yeah, yeah. But certainly. yeah, you just don't really get to appreciate it. But I mean, it's a Silent Hill game for what it's worth. I mean, it it it, it does like the Silent Hill bits are fine. That's just I would have expected more from a Silent Hill game of this console generation, you know? A lot more. A lot more. You know, I mean, it, it, it's kind of the reason why, you know, Kojima had to come along and try to change things up the way that he did. God, you know? I still wish that had happened. Oh, that would have been so amazing. But hey, it's like we got the, we pretty much got the current state of modern horror gaming out of it, you know, for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like you went from a series that was genre defining to one that's trying to be very like by the book you know it, down to like adding jump scares in where you know the original silent hill games didn't they didn't work off of jump scares like that wasn't how they approached horror well yeah i mean the first game is just this complete creep towards this inevitable outcome and you know there's just you know subtle things that just kind of come up out of nowhere you know, but you know what's funny is PT used jump scares and it still managed to capture it well and 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 use that because I think a lot of it was just the anticipation, the build up, the waiting for that jump scare that's not happening, not happening. You know, so it it, it actually worked in that context. Yeah, absolutely. So it's they like did. Silent Hill can't be doesn't have to be devoid of jump scares, but just don't do them cheap. I love how they do like the reaching into the hole scene, but like they turn it into a QTE. And Ugh. all of the nuances out of it. I mean, I think what really fucked with you down whenever, you know, you did the, the reach into the whole scene in Silent Hill 2 is that it's never explained. We don't know exactly what happened. He shows sign of discomfort, pulls his hand out, puts his hand back in, gets the thing, and it's never addressed. And it le- leaves you to think and wonder, like, what the fuck happened here? You know, you, you, you just have this QTE and you can get your arm ripped off. And it's like, okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of pointless. You know, instead of being genre defining, it's taking hints from just like trying to 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 play by the rules of this console generation and not even doing it well. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess that there's not a whole lot more to say about Silent Hill Homecoming. Um I I can't say I really recommend it, but if you've got uh, an Xbox 
360 or Xbox One, I think you can I think you can download it. Yeah, at the very least. I did, yeah. I downloaded yeah. it on my 360 and then we played it on your Xbox One at some point. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We did. If yeah. you're a Silent Hill fan, I guess check it out. Just kind of see what uh what it's about. But chances are you probably did play it and it was like that one Silent Hill game that just like you never really talked about again. Or maybe it underwhelmed you and you never went back to try playing the other entries until like recently. So. Underwhelming is the right word for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it has potential. There are parts of it that look like they could work if they did. I don't know. You have this whole story around Alex. I mean, we didn't even touch on the story because it's just so uninteresting, honestly, in my opinion. I mean, I, I, I get the whole like he's looking for his brother. Okay. You're looking for somebody in a Silent Hill adjacent town, not Silent Hill, but Shepherd's Glen, right? Yeah. It's not even actually Silent Hill. <laughs> Right, it's it's like neighboring, which is fine. I mean, I get we're going to have branch out. I mean, there's only so much you can do in Silent Hill. Seeing Silent Hill infect other parts of the world. Oh, here's this Silent Hill adjacent area, the t- town, you know, like, and you even kind of go into Silent Hill a little bit in this game. As far as, like, the scope of it, like, that part's cool. I'm cool with that. But, yeah, it's just not, it doesn't really deliver. The, the story is... It's hard to follow and not in like a good Silent Hill way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird. And also, why does Alex not react to anything? Like, <laughs> it's right. He didn't. There's a fucking <laughs> monster in your in the flooded basement of your parents' house. Like, and you're just like nothing. Nothing is said about that. I mean, it is what it is. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> Josh, Josh, don't let me fall. Petrine. All he looks for is me. Where's Josh? Oh, he's gone. Everyone's gone. I am the key. I hold the answers. I am the answer. Anyway, Bo, uh, thank you for being on and uh, being the uh, representing the Collateral Cinema brand. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and yeah, check out our Silent Hill episode with uh, the Vern from Cinema Recall. It is out now on your favorite podcast app, and look for Spaceballs and Need for Speed coming soon. Morbius commentary probably. As well as our Mikaversary. Oh, yes. Audition. So we're doing a Redux Redux. audition and we're doing another collab next month. 
uh, on the uh, Ace Attorney film on the Collateral Cinema side because that is a Takashi Miike film. Takashi Miike doing an Ace Attorney film, just yes, 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 absolutely. All the S, and then uh, we're going to be on Collateral Gaming talking about the Ace Attorney trilogy, which I've been playing, getting, getting back into. I fucking love this series; just instantly fell in love with it. And like, I'm not attracted to the appeal of, uh, of like, I'm not like attracted to visual novel games. They never really appealed to me. Like, I just, I, I, I've tried a couple, and I just didn't really get it. But this is different. It's definitely more interactive than the ones I tried before. And I, yeah, I fell in love with the characters and the story. And like, I just, yeah, we'll talk about it on the, the next episode. But that's coming up uh, as well as uh, it takes two which was supposed to happen last month in, in January. It didn't. So uh, hoping to get that out by the end of this week. If not, we may just postpone it and just say, make it an after season episode or something. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes that happens. It, it's, it, it's been hard because I, I depend on my co-host to play it together. Cause it's a two player game, but um I uh, it's just hard for us to schedule and find time to play it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's supposed to be our next episode, but it I may just end up throwing. I may just end up postponing it. We'll see. Um, but yeah, no, definitely going to be doing Ace Attorney though this next month. Uh, we also did an episode on Fire Emblem Engage with uh, Andrew from uh, uh, Geek News Now, and that was actually and the Duo Sense podcast. That was actually a lot of fun. Good. I was I was actually surprised by how much I enjoyed engaged. You know. It, yeah. Like, <laughs> compared to like how I felt after seeing the first trailer. But if you want to hear more about that, listen to that episode. Uh, you can find Collateral Gaming and Collateral Cinema wherever you get your podcasts, right, Bo? Yep. Apple Podcasts, uh, uh, Google Play, YouTube. Also, good pods. Check us out there. Give us a rating there. Help us uh, climb the uh, rankings there. And yeah, Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, uh, look for us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll have all of our links in the show notes, of course. Uh, check out our Patreon as well. And also, if you are interested in starting your own podcast and you need a hosting service, uh, we do have uh, affiliate links for both uh, both podcasts to get one month of free hosting through Podbean. So if you're looking to get an RSS feed set up, uh, go to our uh, affiliate links. Uh, we will uh, put I'll them start in posting the, those in the show notes yeah. from here on. Yeah, we'll put them in the show notes and uh, just uh, go there and, uh, you, yeah, sign up for the unlimited plan. You get one month free. Nice. Yep, uh, I think it's slash C Cinema Podcast and slash C Gaming Podcast are our respective addresses. Yes. Um, On po- podbean.com slash C Cinema Podcast or C Gaming Podcast. There's a specific affiliate link, but... Yeah, yeah. We like we said, we'll have it in the show notes. But anywho, um, yeah, guys, it's been a lot of fun talking about the Silent Hill franchise. Expect more next season. I do want to do a numbered episode, I think, starting or, or our Halloween special, probably, on uh, and get into the Silent Hill series proper. Hell yeah, man. I, I, I think I'd like to be there for that, man, because Silent Hill is fucking great. I think I want to do Silent Hill for the room. That'll be awesome. 
Yeah. And then we could just make all the room references. Exactly. I mean, it, it's just perfect. It's a perfect fit. Chef's kiss. Absolutely. It's a perfect fit for our, our podcast brand and for our aesthetic. Um, yeah, I guess there's not a whole lot else to say. Nope. Alrighty. Well, that being said, this has been Collateral Gaming Bonus Round. I've been Ashley Chancellor. And I've been Bo Maddox. From Collateral Cinema. We are out. Hiya, papaya. Hiya, papaya. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.